0: Well, hello, friends. Grace and peace of our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus be with you. Welcome to Sermons from the Mount podcast. My name is Pastor Mark O'Neill. I currently serve as the pastor of Mount at United Methodist Church in Manio, North Carolina. Each week, we will post here audio recordings of the sermons that I preach from that church. Hope this one is a blessing to you. God bless. Take care. lesson and sermon text this morning comes from Luke's gospel. We'll be in chapter 18, we're going to take a look at verses 9 through 14. So again, this is Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. It says, he also told this parable, again, nine times out of ten in the Gospels, who is he? Jesus. Jesus. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, the one who humbles himself will be exalted. My friends, this is the word of God for you and I, the children of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Well, friends, this past Wednesday night at our Gospel of Jesus uh, Bible study, we talked a little bit about the story of the ten lepers. I told the group uh, that night that this is actually one of my favorite stories in the Bible because for us it contains what is somewhat of a hidden message. But just as a refresher for all of us, ten lepers see Jesus from a distance. All ten lepers cry out to Jesus for mercy. Jesus then tells all ten to go and show themselves to the priest. Now the reason why Jesus said this was that the priest was the only one I could say that they were, in fact, cleansed of their leprosy, which would then allow them to get back into town and start hanging out with the rest of the community. to this point, they had to be on the outskirts of the city gates. Now, all ten then head to the priest, just like Jesus instructed him, and as they were walking, all ten were made clean. All ten. But only one turned back. Only one began praising God with a loud voice. Only one fell at Jesus' feet. Only one gave thanks to Jesus for his mercy and for the cleansing bestowed upon him. And so then to this one, and only to this one, did Jesus then say, rise and go on your way. Your faith has made you Other translations will say, your faith has made you well, or your faith has healed you, or your faith has saved you, or your faith has restored you. And while we may think this is a story simply about thankfulness, what it really is, is a message about the difference between being clean and being whole. Between being clean and being whole. Well, Between being clean and being healed. Between being clean and being saved. Between being clean and being restored. And what is that difference? It's an understanding faith. An understanding faith. This is from my study Bible. It says, this story emphasizes that faith in Jesus results in powerful change and produces a humble, worshipful response to God. This is the difference between the one leper and the other nine. They all asked for God's mercy, but only one was shown to have true understanding faith as shown by his casting himself with thankfulness at Jesus' feet. So too for us. Our worshipful response, or lack thereof, reflects the depth of our understanding of God's mercy and goodness. The first and greatest response to the gospel of grace is thankful worship this brings the greatest glory to god and brings wholeness to us as well and so what about us how do we respond to god's grace and mercy and goodness are we thankful at all times humbled At all times, overwhelmed at all times by the mercy shown to us by our Creator? Humbled in knowing that in and of our own strength and power, we are powerless against the forces of temptation and sin? Are we overwhelmed by our need for a Savior to save us? Are we thankful for the love of God? And for the life, death, and resurrection of Christ Jesus that provided us with such a blessed Savior? And then do we let this thankfulness be shown in our actions towards our neighbors? I ask these questions this morning because I see the exact same story being played out in our parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Two men enter the temple. Two men engage in prayer to God. Two men are in possessions to be blessed by the love and grace and mercy of the Almighty. Yet only one returns home justified in the eyes of God. What's the difference in these two men? Same things with the lepers. It's an understanding faith. An understanding of a need for mercy due to our condition as sinners and understanding that we must all walk humbly with our God, as it says in Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Do we have such a faith? Because here's the thing, friends. We all want to read this story and say, you know what? I'm just like the tax collector. We want to read this story and identify with this humble, pious tax collector. But friends, the only way for us to be the tax collector in this parable is to know that we are really the Pharisee. We are told in the beginning that Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. We read that opening line and we get it. We are on board immediately to what Jesus is talking about. We are on Jesus' side with this one. We may not like about how Jesus may sometimes talk to us about how we're supposed to spend our money. We may not like sometimes how Jesus is always talking about our need to repent. We may dismiss sometimes, maybe a little too quickly, Jesus saying we got to bear our cross daily and die to ourselves. But this story, judgment against the Pharisee, well, we're on the same page with Jesus on this one, aren't we? Because Pharisees are the worst. They're judgmental. They're arrogant. They think they're better than everybody else. They're so proud of doing the right thing all the time. Man, I hate those guys. And then, Jesus' parables always seem to have this kingdom-centered twist, don't they? That just when we think we have it figured out, here comes something that we least suspect. Now, the twist to Jesus' original hearers of this parable would be this. Hey, the Pharisees are the good guys. The tax collectors are the bad guys. The Pharisees were the faithful ones who walked the walk. They valued God's word and they valued God's will and they took great pains to observe all that God had commanded them and even more. And the tax collectors, well, those are traitors. Those guys are sellouts. Those guys betrayed their brothers just to make a quick buck. The tax collectors were hated in Jesus' day the same way you and I hate Pharisees in our day. Nobody wanted to be like them if they were being honest. And so then what about us? I mean, in our context, is it possible that we are being pharisaical in being so anti-pharisaical? I mean, don't we judge the Pharisees without mercy because they are so judgmental? I mean, think about it. When we see somebody flouting their religious piety or acting all perfect or bragging about all they've done this week for God or someone who makes me feel bad about myself because they seem to have it all together when I don't, don't we judge them a little bit for making us feel judged? I mean, if I'm being completely honest, if I come across a modern-day Pharisee acting in this manner, my first thought is, God, I thank you that I'm not like them. And that's not all. About all those times that I have been prideful. All those times that I have, in the words of Paul, thought more highly of myself than I ought. All those times that I thought it was about me. All those times I looked with disdain at someone who didn't quite have it all together. Or judged someone by their outward appearance or their language or their actions. All those times I questioned someone's faith because they didn't do it the way that we do it. All those times it was more important for me to be right than it was for me to be righteous. All those times I patted myself on the back by simply keeping and doing the bare minimum of what God asks of me. All those times when I was confronted with my own sin or my own shortcomings, I pointed to somebody else and say, hey, yeah, but, thank God I'm not like him. All those times I made a show of my faith in order to show my faith. Or how about when I simply don't appreciate God's mercy and the blessings of God and I want to get frustrated over the things that I think I am owed or am wronged by. Let me give you an example. Thursday I had to take our son Gray up to an appointment up the beach. Now one of the tires on my Jeep has a slow leap and I'll get to it and fix it eventually. But for the time being, what I do is, I drop by the duck through and put a little air on it, or in it rather, when my little dashboard notification says, hey, you need to put some air in your time. Now, I usually go to the duck through over here by the credit union. because it's right by the house. Air there, 75 cents, all right? Now, Thursday, to go to this appointment, because of where we were, I didn't want to have to backtrack back down that way so I decided I'll go up to the racetrack up here by the Piggly wiggly. Well, I got there, and the air machine was out of order. I didn't like it. It frustrated me a little bit. So I get back on the highway and head towards you know, where the Dollar General is to the duck through there. Their air machine is working, but guess how much their air is? Two dollars. Well, see, that's what frustrated me even more. Because at Wally's Filming Station and the Andy Griffith Show, water and air is free. So I put my $2 in, I get air up the tire. But then, once I get across the bridge, over there near Ocean's East, I think, a big, giant, yellow sign that says what? Free Free air. air. (laughs) And I was Hot. How dare they? My mind raised over the unfairness of it all, of how I had been wronged and what contempt and judgment I felt to the owners of the duck throughs and racetracks and all here on our island. But you know what didn't go through my mind? The blessing of being able to afford that $2.00. The blessing of being able to afford to put gas in my car. The blessing of being able to afford a car at all. The blessing of having a healthy child in the passenger seat beside me. The blessing of being in a flexible work environment where I could take time off to take my son to his appointment. I didn't think about any of those blessings. Only about how unfair it was, this situation I found myself in. Does anyone else relate to any of those statements? Because that's where you have it then. This parable is speaking directly to us. I know it is speaking directly to me. And it doesn't pat me on the back to tell me what a good tax collector I am. It doesn't ask me to pause a minute and give thanks that I am not like the Pharisee. No, friend, I am the Pharisee. This parable is spoken to me and against me. Jesus is talking to us, friends. I know he's talking to me. And now I'm the audience that he's addressing, as verse 9 says. But more than just addressing, friends, Jesus is accusing me, and Jesus is convicting me, and Jesus is humbling me because, yes, I am the Pharisee. And so humbled by my Lord's rebuke, I lower my head a little bit because, well, now I am like the tax collector. Who says in verse 13, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Now I'm like Peter in Luke chapter 5, verse 8, when he lowers his head and says, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Now I'm like the prophet Isaiah in his book, chapter 6, verse 5, when he says, I am doomed, for I am a sinful man. And I find myself backing away a little bit embarrassed. Cheeks flushed in shames and tried to escape through the back door because nobody likes the Pharisees. They're the worst. And now I am one of them. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. And he does. He does. He does. You see, friends, it is in the moment of being put in our place and being humbled that we find ourselves right where God wants us, ready to receive the undeserved mercy that God longs to give. And if we can get to the place where we are thinking and feeling and saying, God, be merciful to me, then we have come to the very first vital step of this parable. The second vital step is this realizing that God does have mercy, that God is merciful, that the one who was humbled before the Lord in our story did not go home ashamed and did not go home judged. He went home justified, it tells us. He went home righteous. He went home with a righteousness which was not his own. He went home with a righteousness imputed to him from without. He went home, friends, with the righteousness of Christ. And so can we. This is good news, friend. From one of my commentaries, Jesus is not calling us to a plan of moral improvement or a list of wrong behaviors to avoid, but rather to the one thing that we can all pursue, no matter our brokenness or failures, to humble ourselves before God and call upon His mercy. This alone will result in justification, which is another way to describe the gospel of freely entering the kingdom and inheriting eternal life. Meaning what? There is not a saint without a past or a sinner without a future. You ever heard that before? Why? Because of God's mercy. Offered to all of us. St. Francis de Sales, who lived from 1567 to 1622, said... The day that is past ought not to judge the present day, nor the present day judge that which is past. It is only the last day that judges all. So let's go back now to the beginning of this message. Are you willing to humble yourself before the Lord? To find and admit of those places in your life that need to be straightened? To find and admit of those places where your relationship with God needs to be strengthened, and then to fall at Jesus' feet asking for mercy. And then, when that mercy and love and grace and strength and joy is offered, and it will be, how will you respond? In thankfulness or arrogance? In service or in pride? With grace? Or with judgment? Are you content with just the outward appearance of being clean? Or, friends, do you really want to be made well, whole, saved, healed, and restored? Yes, friends, the only way to be the tax collector in the parable is to know that you are really the Pharisee. But when you feel judged as the Pharisee, you will find mercy as the tax collector. For everyone who exalts himself will be humble, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. May it be so with us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Until next time, God bless. Take care.